Hello and welcome to the Estate Life podcast, keeping you up to date with happenings at the Slough Trading Estate, but also giving you an insight into some of the fascinating work that goes on here, work that you may not even be aware of. Before we get this episode underway, a word of warning. If you have a sweet tooth, you may want to turn off now. I'll give you a few moments to do so. Okay, if the next 10 minutes make you salivate like Pavlov's dog, then you only have yourself to blame. And that's because in this edition, we're going to be talking about Rager's Sugars, the last remaining independent sugar manufacturer in the UK. They're also a long-term tenant at the Slough Trading Estate, and I mean really long. They've been here since 1928. Only one business has been here longer. They're also very much a family affair. Ben Eastick is a director at Regus, and I caught up with him to find out more. Not only did we talk about the history of the company, but we also touched on important matters like the joy of eating a syrup sandwich. First of all, Ben, thank you so much for joining me on the Estate Life podcast. That's my pleasure. Tell me then, before we really get into this, for those who don't know, I'm sure everyone does know, um, who are Regus? What do you do? Actually, people probably don't know who we are because we're not we're not a retail business, so we're purely industrial. So, with basically, we're the last remaining independent sugar manufacturer in the UK. Last remaining, and you've also been going an awful long time as well. Tell me a bit about the history of Regus uh, and uh, family history as well. Well, it all started with the family being into chemistry. So there were two brothers, John Joseph and Charles Eastick, and they had an analytical laboratory in Trinity Square in the city of London. Uh, and at that time, they did all the sugar analysis for the various sugar refineries in London. And at that time, there was about 86 different sugar refineries in the city, believe it or not. A lot of them were um, connected to breweries. Um, and in 1880, Abraham Lyle, who had a sugar factory in Greenock in Scotland, um, decided to open a new factory at Plasto Wharf in London. And he invited the two brothers to set up the first laboratory in the factory there. And from there, um, John and Charles, well, mainly Charles, invented Lyle's Golden Syrup. So they stayed at Lyle's until 1890. And then the eldest brother, John, he went to Australia to start Bundaberg Sugar, which is now Australia's largest sugar refiner. And the younger brother, Charles, he went to Martineau's, which was the second largest white sugar refinery in London, um, with, that was based at Whitechapel. And from there, um, the Eastics basically ran the Martineau's refinery. And in 1928, Charles saw an opportunity to make specialist sugars and syrups to go to the baking, brewing and confectionery industries. Because at that time, really only white sugar was being sold into industry. So he set up a new factory making specialist sugars on the then new Slough Trading Estate using the raw materials from Martinez. When did you first become aware of Regus and its importance to your family history, would you say? How did that happen? Well, I can actually remember the very day my dad was shaving in the morning before going to work. I must have been about seven at the time. 
and uh, just got chatting to him and he said oh yes my grandfather invented golden syrup and uh, i suppose from that moment on immediately i was fascinated with the golden elixir my father uh, i do remember back when i was growing up every saturday he'd have golden syrup sandwiches uh, for lunch uh, and i still have that to this day and my son does as well so i can i i must uh, thank your family for that well, i have to say in in the war when 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 um sugar was obviously rationed uh, there wasn't a lot of honey either and we produced a crystallized golden syrup on the trading estate which um, went to all the high-end grocery stores like harrods fortnum and masons etc and it was used as a spread on bread because it was crystallized instead of honey so over the last year obviously uh, things have been tricky for many people but have you had to pivot or adjust your strategy over the last year how have you coped well, we're about 8% down on turnover uh, due to the two COVID-19 lockdowns. Um, and that really is just sugars and syrups that are used in the food service sector. So, you know, that goes to cafes, hotels and restaurants. And that just can't be replaced at all. Um, but on the positive side, our industrial sales to the biscuit and cereal manufacturers has gone up as a result of the increase in home consumption. Something else I'm also really interested in, if you go onto your website, you can see an awful lot about the uh, corporate social responsibility work uh, that you do. But a couple of things in particular, and we'll start with one, um, your focus on the local community. Can you tell me a bit about that? Well, it's, we've always supported the local community uh, and charities, uh, and currently we're supporting the Thames Valley Adventure Playground. Um, and actually, What's that? Sorry, what's that? Uh, it's, it's, it's a playground for young children that are disadvantaged uh, on the A4 going towards Maidenhead before the Brunel Bridge there. So we've supported them this year. Um, and of course, our workforce, they're all from Slough uh, and always have been. Uh, and they're, they're a highly skilled workforce. So when we were moving, moving the business, we did consider about moving elsewhere, but we realized that the, the Slough workforce that we've always employed, they're extremely skilled at, at what we need. Um, and we felt that our production efficiencies in the short to medium term would go down if, if we didn't stay in Slough. So, so we decided to stay on this day. And of course, uh, people are so interested in the sourcing of food and the like. Can you tell me a bit about your process when it, when it comes to that? Yeah, well, that, that's actually interesting because um, unlike all the other sugar producers, we batch process all of our sugar. So we can actually trace, certainly with raw sugar, we can trace back to each mill, each farm and potentially each field for, for our raw sugar. Um, so we, you know, we, have, we have a full traceability and always have done. Um, which is unique in our industry. And of course, we work with, with our trusted partners for many, many years. Uh, and we have supply agreements, which also include fair trade and organic. Many people, depending on, on the business they work in, will look at, uh, I don't know, various things in a different way just because they're so heavily involved in it. Do you look at sugar in a different way whenever you, when you ever see a, a packet of granulated sugar on the... On, on the supermarket shelves? Do you have a different attitude, do you think, towards it than everyone else? Do you just envisage the whole process that's gone into it? I, I certainly have a different attitude towards it, as does the whole family. Um, 
Um, and my immediate family, they, they do laugh because every time I go into a shop, I analyze every packet, but it's not sugar packets I analyze, it's food packets or, or beer labels. So, you know, I'm looking to see whether our products in there. So packets of biscuits or cereals or uh, beer bottles, I'm looking at the labels to see if our products in it. And when you do see that your product in it? <laughs> And I smile, of course. <laughs> <laughs> a little cheer in the shop, and everyone wonders why. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah. Um, now, uh, as you were mentioning earlier on, um, you came to the Slough Training Estate back in 1928. It's less than 10 years until your 100th anniversary. What do you envisage uh, the big challenges will be, and also the big opportunities will be in those next few years? Let's start off with the challenges. Well, of course, we are, we are the second oldest company on the Slough Trading Estate, which is which is quite an achievement. But um, yes, look, looking at the future, the, the challenges immediately will be adapting to the way the business trade is conducted post-COVID, because um, obviously the world, the business world, is going to change. Um, and that aside, of course, we, we have the challenges of continued carbon footprint reduction especially water. So that, that's definitely the, the two major challenges that we've got in the immediate future. And opportunities? Opportunities, I think, is maximising the potential gains for imports and exports of pure sugar products outside the European Union, especially the potential for joining the world's biggest trading bloc, which is the Trans-Pacific Trade Partnership. Well, Ben, best of luck in all that. Um, I hope that in uh, another 100 years' time, when we're still doing this podcast, we'll get another opportunity to speak and we'll be looking, reminiscing about the huge success and uh, we'll both be eating syrup sandwiches together. I don't think I'll be around then. Oh, don't rule it out. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> don't be so maudlin. <laughs> Let's end on a positive. Ben, thank you very much for your time. Brilliant. Thank you. That was Ben Eastick, director of Ragus Sugars. Now, remember, you can rate, review and subscribe to this podcast on all the major platforms. To find out more about Slough Trading Estate and indeed why you should be based here, go to the sloughte.com website. Thanks for listening and goodbye.